Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Hello everybody. We're recording on Wednesday today. We're we're trying new days. I think we're going to move... We used to always record on Fridays, and we're going to... We're going to move it to different days and see what happens. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, I, um, my, my wife is working full time now. She used to not work full time. And so it, you know, Fridays yeah. didn't matter particularly, but now she's kind of like working full time. And then Friday, it's like, Oh, finally, I don't have to wake up in the morning. And so she wants to kind of stay up and do stuff, watch TV and that kind of stuff, hang out, whatever. So, oh, okay. then it, you know, yeah, so I it's get unpolitic for me to not be available. So, um, after we recorded Friday, which I'm still not done putting it all together and putting it on the site, but, um, after we record, I find out about some pretty serious things. Um, there was, uh, in Florida, a guy drove into a church. Oh, man. And poured and gasoline fire all to over. It. Yeah. And then drove off. Um, and then there's another it fire. Is- in California at a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, 250 yeah. year old building. <clears throat> it is becoming open season on the Catholic Church. And you know, it won't be long. If I, you know, I say long, long could be a few months. It could be a couple of years. But, but, uh, history wise, if things do not change, it won't be long before, uh, people are driving up to churches and chaining the doors shut during mass and setting them on fire you know the thing i the thing is um about a year ago we were talking and we said that uh this culture war is not going to just kind of wither and die it's going to get worse and we really need to be prepared to stand and yeah uh we have to pray that there's enough catholics out there with the strength to stand against it as opposed to putting their masks on and going to the store and uh bowing down and taking it when 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 we're being pushed into these corners well you know what would really help in that regard is uh if we had leaders that we felt were giving us a little bit support in doing that yeah bishops who uh you know let's which is kind of the topic of this podcast, yeah. isn't it? But, yeah, and and I, you know, well, we should start it with it. I don't. This is the second time in a row that we're starting off by talking about another podcaster who's got a much bigger name than us. It, chances are, if somebody's listening to us, they've already <laughs> listened to Taylor Marshall. We're like we're yeah. what they listen to between Taylor Marshall podcasts. Right, we're the we'll, we'll be the uh, the the echoes with a little bit of of maybe some some interesting sub insights yeah. to Taylor Marshall's. It's like <laughs> like uh, well, for some people it's hunting uh, between fishing seasons, and for other people it's fishing between hunting seasons. Well, there but you go. Yeah, it's, it's a good analogy. Like, uh, when when Rush Limbaugh isn't on, I I might listen to like Bill Cunningham or someone else. But mm-hmm. um, anyway. Uh, but he's, look, he's good at what he does. He's, he deserves the, uh, recognition. And despite the fact that I, I think he's kind of slipping down into a, a, a slope here. He's, he, I think he's probably giving too much sympathy to the St. Pius the 
tenth crown. The tenth, yeah, yeah. Um, Which I, it, it's kind of you know, but he hasn't he was said not, so. He just he it, was not involved in them when the um when they were very active in in Cincinnati when we were young adults. Yeah, and well, he didn't heck, see he how man. contentious they were often. Right, and. Uh, he talks about that. He he brings up the fact that specifically the that Bishop uh, Lefebvre has a reputation for being a bad guy and a troublemaker. And then he mm-hmm. says, but he wasn't that at all. He doesn't understand that he got that reputation because of the people who followed him. Yeah. Because most yeah. of them are troublemakers. Or they, a yeah. lot of them are. They tended Not to most be. Of them. Right. That's... There's a lot of them are. Um, but he... Uh, one of the things Taylor Marshall has been doing a really good job at is keeping track of the kind of corruption that's going on both in Rome and in the American church and mm-hmm. calling it out. And it's it's not something I could even do, aside from the fact that I'm just too lazy to do that much research and <sighs> calling people around and stuff. But it, Well, you it, have a day job, too. Yeah. If and, your job was to wake up and spend six hours a day doing that, and then two hours a day. I don't know how Taylor Marshall runs his day, but yeah. you know, producing videos, uh, you you might be able to. Actually, I think yeah. you would do it a lot better than a lot of other people I know. But um, I don't like seeing yeah, it. It makes me depressed when I see this stuff. When I see the yeah, bishops yeah, doing true. these it's things, it's kind of hard depressing. to. So, it, it, but you know what? Go ahead. Well, the what happened was he's. Uh, He's reporting on these, uh, these statues that are being toppled of, uh, I keep, uh, yeah, desecrated. What was it? Basically, who, uh, what was the guy's name? Say, that, that uh, well, Junipero Serra and yeah. Our Lady in a number of places. Yeah, a couple of Our Lady statues. And, and some, in, in, uh, shoot, where was it recently? I saw their, their, the, the desecrating, uh, statue of Jesus. And they're calling for stat, like, Statues of white Jesus to be toppled, yeah. You know, in a kind of you know, in connection with the whole Black Lives thing, right? Because I guess Jesus is black. I don't know. Well, he's Hasidic, you know, Middle Eastern. Okay, sure, he was the color of those people at that time. I'll give them that. But but the thing is, Jesus is universal, so every culture is going to depict Jesus in kind of their own skin. That's that's how things go. That's how they. You know, work. the thing is when you. Uh... For example, Our Lady of Akita, uh, Mary appears to her as uh, Asian, doesn't she? I think so. At and least, well, you know, Our Lady of Akita was actually um, wasn't that a Japanese? statue. Yeah, yeah, but it was a statue, a wooden okay, statue. Okay, that's right. I, that's right. It wasn't a uh, it wasn't a vision of Mary. I I forgot. Um, but I do know that there was a vision of. Uh, um, our Lady of Guadalupe, and not just a vision, but a miraculous image on yep. a tunic is um, this this Native American in the indigenous South American uh, race. Despite the yeah. fact, well, I yeah. get, you know what? I, the thing is, that's pretty darn close to the Jewish slash Arabian uh, color, if you would. Still, she she appears in their garb because she's talking to them. And when Jesus right. talks to us, he appears in our garb. She'll never appear in skinny jeans. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess not. 
Um, <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Taylor Marshall starts calling on people. Hey, we need to uh, protect our statues. We need to protect our heritage. We need to protect our culture. And he kind mm-hmm. of comes up with some little plans for doing that, ways to do it. And among all those things, he calls on the bishops. And he says, when are you guys going to step up? You, if anything, just go talk to these people and, and, uh, you know, evangelize to them. Black Lives Matter and Atifa. And, uh, somebody on Bishop Barron's, uh, Twitter feed said something to him about standing up to them. Uh, and, uh, I've got it here. I'm just going to read it. It was, you're talking it, about the tweet from Nicole yeah, Early Gray, the response. Because Bishop yeah, Barron to, had, uh, had sent a letter to, I don't know, to Antifa, to BLM about this, denouncing the fact that they're toppling I'm not even sure that it was, like that. he sent a letter to them. I think he's, it's more like he sent a letter to us about, uh, it was me, just me, a, uh, it was just kind of lip service. It's just saying, I, I reject this. That's basically all it was. Yeah. And uh, someone on Twitter said, great, another letter. What action mm-hmm. are you going to do? It's time to go into the streets and talk in person with Antifa and BLM. You also need to get men out and stand guard around these and other statues, um, which makes sense. This is Nicole Gray, Early Gray, who mm-hmm. is saying this. And right. Bishop uh, Barron's response is... That's the lady's job. Exclamation point. Yeah. That's the lady's job. Uh, you are meant to sanctify the public space. The bishops aren't police officers or politicians or community organizers. Vatican II taught that the secular arena belongs to the laity. I guess they're not evangelizers either. You know, that's, that's kind of the thing. It, uh, I, my, because seeing his response even before, and by the way, I listened, I listened to Taylor Marshall's, I, you know, I, I, he's got a tweeted response, but I also listened to his, um, uh, YouTube, uh, podcast, um, or YouTube show, whatever you call it. But, you know, I, I had some immediate reactions to Bishop Barron's, um, tweet, which is then why did the U.S. bishops insist on publishing letters and tracts on things like racism, homosexuality and immigration yeah if they're going to yeah, say it's not our job if it's if it's not our job then why are you out there sticking your nose and usually getting the issues wrong i mean okay you say racism's wrong you're not wrong about that but you're wrong to emphasize that as though it's a bigger problem than it is when it comes to homosexuality instead of just outright condemning it and saying it's evil we need to eradicate it you're talking about uh, you know uh accompaniment and, and stupid stuff like that and then of yeah. course immigration you're just completely wrong um so what i mean when it comes to things that that are getting them in good with the democrats they're not saying hey it's not our job that belongs to the laity but if, yeah, it, if it they're real are going to step job. back and say oh that's the lady you guys are supposed to to uh sanctify the public space it's like okay bishops what you're doing is you're relegating yourselves within the life of the church to, to mere channels of the sacraments and, and anything else. And you're abdicating your role as teachers. And on top of that, they're not 
giving us the sacraments. A good, a good number. They're not of even them. doing that. They're yeah, they're folding up their tents and going away with that too. So what exactly do bishops do? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know the it didn't it didn't end there because Taylor Marshall said something about it. it said something to he was respectful. About I've got it. his said, response here. Yeah. Okay, he said, you read it. He said, "Where in Vatican II does it say that Bishop Baron?" Uh, okay, that's actually all he he actually I I. Uh, I didn't copy the entire tweet, but basically he, he asked the question, Bishop Barron, where in Vatican II does it say that? And Bishop Barron, Bishop Barron summarily blocked, uh, Taylor Marshall from following him, which yeah. I, I don't know how many people do Twitter and stuff like that. So, so basically Twitter, the idea of Twitter is that, that you go on there and then in, in few words, you've got to be kind of dense in how you write. You can put whatever you want. You can include links to websites and that kind of stuff, but, but you each tweet, you know, which the, the kind of the name implies something small and short, uh, is meant to be fairly, you know, quick, short, on point and so forth. Right. And, and the idea is that you tweet, anybody can see it and people can follow you, which means that the things you tweet are more likely to show up in their feeds. But then you can also do things like retweet what somebody else tweeted, or you can respond to it, or you can like it and stuff like that. And then those can also show up in the feeds of people who follow you. So there's, there's this kind of uh, web of, uh, social, um, uh, activity around the tweets that people put up with. But, and I'm not sure why Twitter has this as a feature uh, to me it seems like a you know maybe something that was added in order to address a problem that developed after the initial thing but um Whoa. apparently there's a way that you can make it so that certain people simply can't see your tweets even though the whole concept is that they're I public. don't understand this at all because I thought Trump tried to do this and oh really uh, was unable to but anyway the the point is, Taylor gets blocked make sense. from the bishops. And yeah, Bishop Barron did this. He said, okay, Taylor, you're not allowed to see what I say anymore. And I guess that means we wouldn't be able to see what Taylor Marshall says in response to Bishop Barron. Well, he can't say anything in response because he can't see Bishop Barron's right. tweets to respond to him. So it's, yeah, but it, it keeps Taylor Marshall's name out of Bishop Barron's social, cra- social circle. Online social circle. You know what I mean? So if you follow Bishop Barron um, oh. and you see responses to him, and apparently he he it didn't end there because he put this video up about yeah. all the hatred about, in Twitter. Calling out Catholic you know, social media for about calumny and, and contempt and stuff like that. Which, interestingly, Taylor Marshall put a response to that in which he said, well, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um and then, you know, but the fact that he's uh basically unpacked people. it and showed how the 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 charge of calumny doesn't apply to Taylor Marshall in these recent events. Yeah, the but the the fact that Bishop Barron is blocking content, it kind of it goes against what Twitter is for. Yeah. He he mentioned yeah. that he's got uh staff I mean, if he wants to sitting there ignore and ignore Taylor Marshall's response is okay. But is it, Trump doesn't block anyone. 
I know. Trump, Trump doesn't get to do that. Uh, Taylor Marshall doesn't get to do that as far as I know. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you go to maybe. his feed, you, you say whatever you I don't want. Think he I don't does. think he, he might get to it. do it, but I don't think he does it. That's not what people do. You're, you're not there to control right. everybody's response to you. If you're going to be on Twitter, then you accept what, what goes with that. And one of the things that goes with that is, is vast amounts of people who are disgusting. Cause that, that's kind of what I think about Twitter anyway. Um, saying things about whatever it is you say. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I watch, uh, the only, the only tweet I follow oh, is pop, pop, Trump's. Pop. Huh? You, you can actually, okay, I'm, 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 I've opened Twitter on my phone and I'm actually looking at it. You go in, you've got a thing called blocked accounts. Um, and you can click, you, you, you can see all your blocked accounts and then you can do something what's called importing a block list. So I guess people can maintain block lists and say, oh yeah, let's, wow. let's make sure that this group of conservative guys or this group of liberal guys yeah. can't see what we say. Let's, I, you know, I, wow. I don't know. I don't know why somebody would do that. It's like, oh, I'm going to say something, but I don't want him to see what I said on Twitter. Well, you know, then get off of Twitter and go to Facebook and yeah. just share it with friends. You know, put put your stuff on there and make it friends only. Twitter's not the place for you if that's what you're doing. This is not what bishops should be doing. Trying to control content of other people. Trying to control what we say about him. The Right. By the bishop who should can be leading us. his stuff. <laughs> That's really his job to lead us. Mm-hmm. And if he's not going to get out there in the public, well, then yeah, that, step down as a leader. There's nothing to say to that because he does be have to be out there in the public. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's go over a couple things that the uh, the the Bible says about bishops. Um, for example, in Titus two. Uh, declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Yeah. Uh, wow. In Mark, Mark 16, when Jesus ascended in the mountain of the world, he said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is the charge of the bishops. Yeah, they, they, they don't get to ignore this stuff. They have to be part of the, they have to lead the world. You know, they, they there's the old thing you want to be, uh, from the world, not of the world. But they have to be in the world. They have to lead the world. Right. Um, and among all of this, in all of this happening, we've got this one face who shows up over and over again who uh, has has no real authority in the church anymore, and that's Vigano. Yeah. If, if, if I understand it correctly, he's... Practically in hiding right now. I thought he was still in hiding. Yeah, Cardinal Vigano. He he was sent to the United States by the Pope as as the uh, nuncio, which you know I'm going to look up what that means. Yeah, I don't know what hiding means. Do, is it really that people don't? No one knows where he is or what? I but think so. Okay, he's it's done a, a number ambassador. of things. So so it's kind of, he's kind of like a ambassador, um, almost like a political like like you have him. You know the the. U.S. ambassador to various countries, um, ambassadors to various countries. Yeah. He's, Annunzio is an ambassador from the Vatican assigned by the Pope to a country. And so he was the papal nuncio to the United States. That, that was his, I mean, this is, he, this is a big post. So um, he still holds that post? No. He, an op, okay. He, he's, 
Right. He, he's he. I don't think he any longer. Let me ask. Uh, let me Google this. While you're looking that up, there's uh, it's one Christopher more. Christopher Pierre. Uh, okay. You Christophe know, Pierre. In Acts 20. Yeah. Um, Saint Paul is talking to these people. Uh, this is, I believe, this is after he's telling them that he's probably never going to see him again. He has come into the city, he's taught people, and he's assigned bishops. And he okay. says to them, uh, keep watch over yourselves and over all the flock, of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God that he obtained with blood of his own son. I know that after I have gone, savage wolves will come in among you, sparing not the flock. Some even from your own group will come distorting the truth in order to entice the disciples to follow. Ah, uh, yeah. That's chilling. I know. And when we've That's got true. people like Baron, it's like, do you want to go down in history as one of the wolves? Yeah. Do you really want that? Don't you but want to be one of the 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 good guys? There's a here. Here's the thing. I don't think Baron sees himself as not one of the good guys. Yeah. And and this goes back to a dispute that Taylor Marshall has had with him, and it's a dispute that that I'm completely on the side of Taylor Marshall uh, with this one, and it has to do with this um, this new theology um, that people who are into it credit with being kind of sort of launched with Vatican II, or you could say launched through Vatican II. Maybe it was something that was a development and Vatican II sort of gave it wings to, to fly or whatever. But it includes, um, and to me, this is a huge deal, this idea that it's, that it's possible theologically to hope for basically an empty hell, at least empty yeah. of men. Maybe, maybe only, only fallen angels, but no men. And the problem with this, um, with this theory, the problem with this as a concept, you might say, well, okay, you know, that's, that's hair splitting theology, blah, blah, blah. But it really isn't because even if you're someone who is just completely devoted to the love of Christ and you want to bring the message of the love of Christ and the sacrifice of the cross and the beauty of uh, uniting yourself to that sacrifice and suffering with that sacrifice and so on and so forth, even if you've got all of that right, but you actually believe that, yeah, probably nobody's going to be in hell or even possibly nobody's going to end up in hell, what happens is the urgency of your message goes way down. So what's what's going to happen is you're going to do all of your preaching about the love of Christ and calling people to the love of Christ, but you're going to do it from a level of comfort that you would not allow yourself if you felt in your bones that people's souls were at stake. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't accept that. Look, I think this is something that, that Vigano is waking, you know, has kind of woken up to. I, I think so too. And, and, and aside from that, I would, I would point out again that I, I'm not just talking about going to heaven and hell. Look, I don't care if you think he went to hell or not. You know Hitler was a bad guy. I know, we had but if bad you, guys all if you through history, really have, and we know they're bad. If you really have a theology that says, hey, yep, even Hitler somehow might be redeemed, 
I mean, I actually, as Catholics, that we doesn't can't matter. Conclude, what I'm saying is, but, don't you? I'm not even talking about a, a, a spiritual yearning. I'm talking about just just the natural desire for us to have some kind of legacy that people can look back on. Oh, do right. you want to be one of those guys who supported Hitler? Don't you want to be one of the people who opposed slavery, the abolitionists? Don't you want to be one of the people who opposed abortion? And don't you want to be yeah, but one of the what, people who opposed the the persecution of Christians? That's what lets these guys oppose, for example, Hitler by writing letters and taking no action. Yeah. I, I, you know I, what I mean? You, That's the point. You see even now the criticism of those bishops who allowed Hitler to get away with certain things. Mm-hmm. Um supposedly yeah. for the sake of preserving the church. And I guess they had this, uh, at least we're supposed to look at it in a way there. They had this faith that good would triumph over evil. And so they wanted to just keep the church somehow intact for when that evil was over. But it was around that time, if you read a book that uh, a book like infiltration by taylor marshall that you find out that's really when the infiltration started mm-hmm. so Didn't even they go back a little further than that yeah yeah back to the early 1900s and in yeah. modernism that is when it started and and so those people that we think well uh they kept the church intact but maybe they didn't because now we look at what's happening, and the church is, it's just not what it was. Right. It's something right. different. So what, Vigano did a couple things here. First of all, he, uh, he sent a letter to Trump, and, you know, Vigano knows that what Trump's facing. He's, Washington, everyone in Washington hates Trump, and Trump is just, He's so devoted to trying to make America as great as it once was. I know. He wants yeah. America to be the beacon of freedom. And he wants to, he, he's, he wants to lead her there. And he knows that everybody's against him, but he's fighting with everything he can to make America great again. And now he's found out just how how deep this this deep state is, and you know, he's finding I, out how much as a president. I'm is reading Vigano's letter, and I'm thinking, if I'm the president of the United States, and you know, we've got these dire times politically speaking, and it's like you know this 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 weird, insane resurgence of of uh, of uh, socialist sensibilities and and stuff. Yeah. And, and the people and that kind of stuff, which is dangerous enough in itself. And then I get this letter from this cardinal in hiding that tells me that, that sides are lining up, uh, that are biblical in nature and proportion. And it's like, I didn't ask to be part of that kind of battle as president. Right, you know, that, he just wanted that's to, gotta be <laughs> I he mean, just wanted to restore America, which is a big enough yeah, task and it's a good task. I know. I gotta wonder if Trump realized how important that job was gonna become. Mm-hmm. Because the rest of the world is gonna follow. And if America falls, then the rest of the world's gonna fall. I mean, the, right. the world depends on America right now. It, it's, it's every 
it's every bit as important as Rome is. Yeah. And, uh, and not, well, one of the reasons Pope Francis dislikes America so much is because that's where the traditional movement really started growing. Mm-hmm. And, and where it's gaining to. speed. Yeah. So Trump gets this letter from Vigano and he actually tweets it out yeah. for everyone to see. I guess I assume he got permission from him to do that. But um so and I Trump's kind of I, th- I thought it was an open letter too. Yeah, I guess it is. So the thing is that um now Trump's getting uh fire from well, it's not like the American bishops were behind him anyway. <laughs> I know. I mean there are some bishops, obviously, who who really are bishops and who are really doing their job. Yeah, but, Strickland stands uh, out. Yeah, uh, people like Barron, eh, you know. So now he's getting fired from them because he's he's kind of taken sides with the the crazy conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. But i I think we're going to find out in the next election how we're going to find out how bad it is. And whether or not there's any hope for America. I mean, it, 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 it kind of, it, the political and the religious kind of bleed into each other here. And we're going to find out if people understand what's at stake both in America and not just the Catholic Church, but Christianity as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah, like that's... the Catholic religion is the only religion having this happen. The Catholic religion is kind of the last stand against this stuff. But there are other the, the evangelicals. They're 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 uh, conservative in comparison to other Christian religions, right? You said, you said, what did you say? Something about a, a priest in Indiana or one of the oh, bishops gosh. in Indiana? Well, yeah. I mean, look at here's the thing. You've got okay. So it's like I'm thinking this thing back to 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 Bishop Barron and and he gives us what I'm sure he thinks is a I'm sure he th- he actually thinks what he's issuing is a is a uh, a call to arms a rallying cry hey it's the job of the laity you're supposed to sanctify this secular blah 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 whatever uh but the thing is where are the bishops actually calling us to the right arms where is the bishops uh where are the bishops who are saying there is a cancer growing in our society that we have to oppose. This communism, the homosexual agenda, abortion. Go out there and oppose that. Where is that message from bishops? Uh, where is their message that a group has adopted a statement of truth, Black Lives Matter, statement completely true on its face. They've adopted that as their corporate name and they're a poison, a communist poison for Where are the bishops pointing that out? Where's the, where are the bishops who are showing and demonstrating and pointing out that this group is destroying what remains holy in Western society and, and calling on Catholics to oppose them? Instead, when true faithful Catholic, Catholics stand up for what is right. And, you know, here's the problem. This has been true for the last half century. The yeah. activism of faithful Catholics is met from the bishops with a response of embarrassment rather than encouragement. This is the context in which Bishop Barron's letter is going to be read and his response, that's the job of the laity. Yeah. When, so uh... we've got, in on the West Coast, we've got uh, Timothy Gordon, who teaches at a Catholic high school, dismissed 
for criticizing Black Lives Matters, the communist organization started by a couple of lesbians. Uh, did he? Wait, did he? He taught. He taught at a Catholic school. I think he taught at a Catholic school. Let me go ahead and look that up. Let's let's do our fact checking right here. I'll uh, take it back if that's not the case. Theology teacher at a Catholic high school until recently. So, at a Catholic school for criticizing an organization fundamentally opposed to the Church of Christ and to what in Western society and actually all of society, human society, we know to be faithful and blessed by God and intended by God. Uh, specifically, they call for the destruction of the nuclear family. And Timothy Gordon criticizes them and gets fired from his position as a theology teacher at a Catholic high school. This is the West Coast. But he's the laity. He's just doing his job. He's just doing his job. He's trying to sanctify the secular uh, forum. Yeah. On the East Coast, we have, and I'm especially ashamed of this, uh, embarrassed by this, you could say, um, Bishop William Laurie, uh, Archdiocese of Baltimore. And the reason I'm especially ashamed and embarrassed about this is because he's the Supreme Chaplain for the Knights of Columbus, of which I'm a third order knight. Wow. Uh, in diocese, in, in, in the Baltimore diocese, he, uh, announced the, uh, appointment of a new director for the Office of Black Catholic Ministries. Uh, she's going to be working with this fellow, Howard Ross, uh, hired from the uh, Uderta Consulting Firm, he's actually the founder of it, nationally recognized expert on diversity and inclusion with significant experience in working in community-wide initiatives. You can guess what that means. No, I... He's a great big LGBT... He's a pro-LGBT... What's... I was talking too fast? Yeah. Howard Ross. So, so the new director, this is the office, um... Within the Archdiocese, there's an Office of Black Catholic Ministries for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and there's a there's a an office for Black people. No, of Black Catholic Ministries. Okay, Black an office, Catholic. Right, an there's office a ministry within for the Archdiocese. Yeah, an office I within the diocese segregation, to reach right. out to Black people and make sure that we're including Black people. Yeah, okay, okay, fine. I could see that as a holdover from the 60s, whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's a new director, and as part of this letter that he published, this new director is going to be working with some people that he's hired on, not hired on as employees, but as, as consulting firms. One of them is the Udarta Consulting Firm. Uh, and specifically, he's uh, going to... Uh, she's going to be working the, the the it's a woman who's the new director for this this black catholic ministries office she's going uh -huh. to be working with this fellow howard ross howard ross this is just in the letter from bishop laurie he describes howard ross as a nationally recognized expert on diversity and inclusion with significant experience in working in community-wide initiatives oh, now this is a gay thing uh, yeah, we can, we can guess what this is. Um, and you know, thing is, reading that description, you and I and many of our others would immediately have come to the conclusion, oh, this is probably what this guy is. Well, he's the founder of this, um, 
Udarta consulting firm. Um, according to various online biographies, uh, he serves as the diversity or served as the on the diversity advisory board of the LGBT Washington D.C. Uh, lobbying powerhouse. Um, and the human rights campaign, which frequently seeks to promote legislation and regulations diametrically opposed to Christian beliefs and defying the natural law. This is from LifeSite News. A review of his Facebook postings over the last month reveals support for political movements, organizations, and ideas that are antithetical to the Catholic Church and her teachings. The day before the letter was published by the Archbishop uh, saying that Ross had been, you know, was was going to be working with the archdiocese. Ross himself posted a link to an article in the LGBT news outlet, the Washington Blade, headlined "Trump Admin to Supreme Court Let Adoption Agencies Reject LGBTQ Families." He, this was Trump was saying, "Hey, states, uh, I think it was like the state of Pennsylvania or something, or um, yeah, you're not allowed to block Catholic services from helping to place kids for adoption just because they won't place them with." LGBTQ families. Um, but Ross captioned to this yet another example that the Trump administration's guiding principles are bigotry, cruelty, hatred, and exclusion. That's the Catholic church's guiding principles that he's calling bigotry, cruelty, hatred, and exclusion. And this man is being brought on as a consultant and advisor in the archdiocese of Baltimore by this Bishop William Laurie. Okay, so we've got West Coast, we've got East Coast. Uh, now, how about the Heartland? We got people like uh, this Theodore Rothrock. Yeah, uh, he published a. Um, I think it was just a um, a letter in like the the um, newsletter, Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton Catholic Church. Um, and he published a letter that um, oh, this is that by you guys called out. This is right by us. Yeah, it's a different diocese because it's actually the diocese of um, Lafayette, uh-huh. Indiana. I think there were three dioceses in Indiana. There might be four. I, I, it's possible that Evansville is its own diocese, but th- there's there's Fort Wayne, Lafayette, Indianapolis, and maybe Evansville. I don't think there's any any more than that. Um, but anyway, um, he published a letter in his, I think just, you know, Catholic, um, newsletter telling the truth about Black Lives Matter. Okay. I mean, that's what he did. Yeah. He was suspended and then forced by the bishop to apologize. So we've got it going on the West Coast. We've got it going on the East Coast. We've got it going on, you know, right in the heartland across the, the land. This nation is, being led the catholics in this nation are being led and i put you know scare quotes around that word by sellout bishops who are selling out the souls of the faithful in order to court favor and i've put this on twitter a number of times recently selling out the souls of the faithful in order to court favor with the enemies of christ's church they care more about what people say about them in the liberal media then they care about the souls of the faithful of their own flocks. Yeah, was it? Uh, is this the same bishop who uh, would not allow that priest to hear confession? No, that was in Lafayette. That was in no, uh, that was in Indianapolis. 
This is yeah, you're talking about okay. Bishop um, Charles uh, Thompson in Indianapolis, um, which no, again, you know, again, I'm, I'm I'm embarrassed and ashamed to say he's my bishop. The 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 two different priests had com- had come up with with ways. Like, okay, they shut down the public masses. Well, these priests they weren't gonna they weren't gonna go against the bishop. They were gonna follow the you know the the uh, um, the orders that the bishops gave. Um, but you know, in, in the absence of the ability to attend mass, there's this thing that they've been urging everybody to do, make an act of spiritual communion. All right. It's not the same as full sacramental communion, but at least there's a spiritual benefit to it. But guess what? There's not a spiritual benefit to it if you're not in the state of grace. So there are priests who are out there saying, let's at least find a way to give people the sacrament of confession so that they can get back into the state of grace, which, you know, when you're locked at home and away from mass, especially in today's world with the Internet, you know, how many people are basically single and now they're being told to spend all their time at home and, and, you know, the temptations that are there with the, you know, the Internet and stuff. Right. So the priests are saying, let's make the sacrament of confession available to people. A couple of different priests had schemes to do that that absolutely made it impossible to spread this virus in the act of hearing confessions. And yet the bishop, our bishop, my bishop, shut it down. Yeah. Um, you know, there there were a couple bishops who have forbid priests to uh, have live streaming masses. Seriously? During this whole COVID thing. That's like even, that's like, that's like you, malicious. That, yeah, that's, I, that's not even. Thing. Hey guys, we got to do this. Unfortunately, yeah, COVID. Okay, hand wringing, uh, hard you, decision. That, that's just malicious. You go to, uh, and and the you know the, you know we talk about the mainstream media, and let's face it, there's a mainstream Catholic media too, mm-hmm. and Taylor Marshall is not there, and that's no. why he's out there proclaiming the truth and holding up this banner for everyone. Right. Um, and you go to some of the mainstream Catholic news and I see articles that the bishops are concerned that people will somehow replace the real mass with the streaming mass and think that they're getting the same thing. They're saying that's why they forbid the streaming of mass. But here's, here's my problem. The bishops forbid priests from saying mass long before the government ever made them. I know. That's, that's what's dis- disheartening is that it, it's like, it's like the bishops were eager to take the mass away from people. Yeah. They didn't do and then it the grudgingly. The they didn't drag their, 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 you know, dig their heels in, say, well, no, you're going to have to prove to me that this is a lawful order or anything like that. They were there first. Yeah. And, and to be honest, the, Bishops are the ones I would expect to be in jail for refusing to go along with this. Yeah. I would expect the bishops to say to the priests, all right, we've got all this money that we've used to bail out uh, sex offenders and child molesters. We're going to use that money to bail out the priests and provide legal protection for priests and the faithful who Who refuse to to bend over and take it up the you-know-where from the government. And we're going to say, keep going to Mass, keep worshiping, keep, keep honoring God, but they're not doing that. Instead, they're telling us, 
before the government even says you have to. They're saying, uh, no, stop going to mass. No, don't go visit, visit the sick and the hospitals and, and cater to the dying people who need those last rites. Um, it, it, we're in a real problem here. And I, it seems like, how do you, I don't even know who's on our side anymore, except for a couple faces, a couple people who have made it obvious what side they're on. But mm-hmm. it's not like they have any power. It's not like they can do anything, but they are the leaders of the church. Yeah, that's right. And I, I, I think this bleeds into what we were talking about last week. We don't know how this is going to come out. Um, and, and you know, again, I was talking about the fact that, um, America is, is kind of on the brink here. It, if things do not go well this election, America could easily not be there anymore. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and even if things go well this election, it still might happen. We don't know who's going to win this, but we do know who's going to win the battle within the church. We know that for sure. We just don't know when it's going to happen and, and how it's going to happen. I would kind of, I would suggest that however it happens, it's going to seem like an impossibility to us at one point. We're going to look at this and we're going to say, there's just no hope here for the church because God has a way of using those times to demonstrate his authority. Yeah. Now, if America makes it or America doesn't, I don't know. Maybe America will wither and die because of our stupidity. And maybe, I don't know, France or England or someplace in Africa, Uganda, maybe they'll grow in power and suddenly become the the spiritual leaders of the world. But we do know that the church, that Rome will survive this and will come out on top. Now, as far as the bishops right now, I don't, I keep praying that, that something's going to change, that they're going to wake up and, and, and think, Oh, whoa, I've been doing bad things this whole time. Vigano has. Vigano has. Yeah, Vigano I mean, was he's, he's part said, of the problem you know, at one time. You know, well, I don't know is, about that. He maybe he admits that he was. He says that he was. I guess in his mind, the fact that he was silent was enough to make him part of the problem. Well, he was all it's, like, like have you have you seen the recent stuff that he's come out with? He he wrote a letter, and this is really inter- This is an interesting development. He wrote a letter, not just saying. Hey, we need to, to whip back in line, uh, the interpretations of Vatican II. He wrote a, a letter saying, you know what? It's not unreasonable, reasonable to say we need to scrap Vatican II. Right. Just undo it, erase it, and go back and then figure out from that point what we need. And yeah, here's the I thing. Th- He's got like, there's like suddenly, um, 70, I don't know, signatories among clergy and theologians supporting this idea now okay 70 is a tiny number compared with the total world but the fact that there's anybody saying this now is weird amazing yeah i know but i i still don't i don't quite understand what that means you can't erase history history no no no. you can't erase history but you can say okay you know what vatican ii whatever we said there because there, there are other councils that have come you up can't with things say and it documents and that kind of stuff that, that they said, okay, this is not useful for the church. You and, could say that. 
and and we're going to abrogate its its standing as an ecclesi- as ecclesial uh, a set of ecclesial documents. I don't I don't know if you could. That's what you can do. Look at it and say this is objectively incorrect. No, it's just that there may be correct, there may be incorrect here, but this you know these documents are not recognized by the church as shedding light on the theological reality of the church. Okay, that's that, what you yeah, can do. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But but let's come up with a set of documents that do shed light in the modern world on the reality of the church. See the the problem is when we talk about it that way, um look, I believe the Holy Spirit guides the church and while members of the church can do some pretty awful things, the reason I'm Catholic is because I believe the Holy Spirit protects us from error. So if you tell me that Vatican II was full of error, well, then what's my reason for being Catholic? Yeah, but maybe it's full of danger. You know, it, like it is, Taylor okay. Marshall has said, yeah. weaponized ambiguity for, you know, it's right. okay. The ambiguity itself is what protects it from being error. Yeah. But it's dangerous waters. We need to move our ship out of those dangerous waters. Yeah, that would uh, that fact, would be good. I, I was reading a um, I was reading a First Things article by um, George Weigel uh, talking about Vatican II and ta- and, and kind of like the next pope. It's, and he was talking about you know you know you've got people on the left and the right, both of whom say that Vatican II was a disruption. The right saying it's a disruption. It needs to be uh um erased people on the left saying it was a disruption it needs to be embraced and the next pope needs to clarify and say no it was not a disruption it just needs to be interpreted in the light of the constant tradition and then embraced in that light but the thing is well, that's what uh, pope benedict did that's what pope benedict asserted to do but but here's the thing about that in the light of tradition, it doesn't offer anything new. And that's why I really am... Have, have you seen... Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a really good kind of depiction um, of kind of what it means and what it uh, feels like. The and horse? what it The horse, yeah. Yeah. You, you've seen yeah, his, the, his yeah. hermeneutic of continuity... Where the back end of the horse, the, the, you know, representing presumably the past, this very well drawn, you know, nicely shaded, kind of, you know, pencil drawn, but, but very, uh, subtly shaded and drawn perfect. And then as it gets towards the front, and then by the time you're to the front, it's this, like, weird stick cartoon, you know, yeah, child's we'll, thing that. We'll put a picture of it on our website. Not that anyone, Who's listening to us haven't already hasn't seen already it, seen but, it. Uh, That's true, but I really uh, believe it, that. I mean, I've I've read documents of the past and documents of the current church. I mean, there are a few documents of the modern church, um, post Vatican II that that I say, okay, that hit exactly where it needed to hit right now. Everybody ignores them, um, but for the most part, yeah, I think that's probably true. It's like okay. You can say, yeah, this is to be interpreted in the light of tradition, but then what are you saying that's new? Why did you get together and have a council? Yeah. Well, you know? see, that's, I know, but what we're left with is, uh, well, let's go back to that horse. It needs to be a horse. 
<laughs> That's the point. It That's has why to it's be like, a okay, horse. Let's forget and the car- when, let's erase the cartoon and put a if horse. If we hair. erase the cartoon, then it's not a horse, and we <laughs> well, have know, to at least keep it a horse. Right. That's that's why that's why I'm saying not only just say, not, not we we can't it doesn't it's not enough to just go back to the 50s and say okay we're going to do a reset psh, right. now we're, we'll you live that way. That. We have to replace Vatican II with something that's authentic. It would be like uh, if we gave the picture of the horse to God and said, can you fill this in to make it look right? And suddenly (laughs) now the whole thing is a beautiful horse. Maybe even adds color. Yeah. I think that's what kind of has to happen. Yeah. But what do we do? The laity, what do we do? Well, okay. First of all, we agitate. We tell our bishops, you're not doing your jobs. We, we do what, what this, uh, shoot, what was her name? (laughs) Nicole Early Gray. Nicole Early Gray. We do what she did. Uh, to the extent that we have a platform, we do what Taylor Marshall does. We we call them out. We say, look, this doesn't scan. Okay. Yeah. You know, we have 2,000 years of history. Let's, most people, their, their platform is a Facebook page that uh, maybe a couple of their friends read. Um, even our platform is so incredibly tiny compared to anyone else's platform but it's not hmm. the single biggest thing most of us let's let's be frank here the single biggest thing most of us can do is pray and be ready should the should the calling come and this is what's difficult uh to act heroically you know there's and, and that's the thing Bishop, and, and here's where the bishops ought to be leading, even if the bishops themselves aren't, um, you know, who was the Pope, that Pope Leo, that, which, which Pope went and met Attila the Hun? Was it Leo? Uh, one of the Leos. Yeah. Uh, so Leo met Attila the Hun. You've got, uh, you know, you've got popes who, who place themselves in positions and lots of bishops who place themselves in positions. Pope Leo the First. And where, then we've got uh, Napoleon too. Yeah, they they could have just been summarily killed, but they put themselves there anyway. Um, but at the very least, bishops could be out there saying, "Hey guys, it's time for all Catholics to oppose, however they're able to do within their states of life, these unholy ideas." And you know what? Some Catholics may be called to oppose them heroically. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause I mean, I can get where a guy like, you know, uh, a priest, for example, might stand in front of a statue and end up being murdered. Okay. And, and, and we can elevate him to the martyrdom probably if it's a, you know, he, he was opposing yeah. the desecration and a crowd out of hatred for the church murdered him in order to get to the statue they wanted to desecrate. You know, that, that's I would, martyrdom. I would say so. That's, uh, and, and we can elevate him. Now, a married man with, with, uh, you know, six children, um, you know, that they're still trying to raise. And, uh, you know, uh, is it, is it the right moment not, for him to, to exercise yeah. that kind of heroism? Maybe not. But the bishops but at least ought to be telling, well, maybe, but the bishops ought to at least be telling them, okay, maybe it's not your, your time to stand up in front of a mob. And get killed and leave your family hanging, 
But at the very least, all Catholics together, you need to be opposing this stuff. And the bishops yeah. just aren't saying that. Yeah. That's what's so disgusting. So what we have to do is get the word out ourselves to oppose it whenever we can, wherever we can. Don't be ashamed to say this is evil. Black, the organization Black Lives Matter is evil. Yeah. Um, um, you know, the, uh, these looting, rioting mobs that are desecrating, uh, statues of and, and images um of what we hold holy they're evil um and the organizations that are supporting them and the people that are supporting them are supporting something evil you know what even if your bishops are doing so they're supporting something evil yeah that i mean it's time to just not be ashamed to say that you know whether it's among your family among your friends whatever that and, and if, then of course yeah. pray you know um I don't know if I can put it into words. I don't know if I can illustrate it with words. But this COVID-19 scare and the the requirements to wear masks everywhere, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it's tied up with it, this whole thing. It is, isn't it's it? It's woke to wear a mask. Yeah. I, I don't know why this is, but it I, is. It's a signal... That I submit to, yeah, it's, it's all a, of this crap. A, I mean, it's it's a it's a you know the the mask is it's not just a mask. It's n- in fact it's not even a mechanism for preventing the spread of disease. There's no scientific or medical research that supports that it even does that. It's like wearing a clove of garlic to hoard off uh, to a vampire off or something. Vampires. Yeah, whatever. It, it, it's silly, but. What it, what it is, is a, it's the equivalent of when a dog, you know, wants to show submission, turns over and exposes its belly. It's, yeah. it's that. That's what the mask is. That's how I've been thinking about this the whole time. And I've, I've, from the very start, I thought this. From yeah. the very start of the COVID-19, I thought, I don't know why. I just know that this is BS. Mm-hmm. And this is, they're turning this into something that it's not. And I don't think any Catholic should be fooled by this. And that's kind of what's happened here. Now, here in Cincinnati, uh, I went to the Micro Center store. But okay. The governor has recently said you have to wear your mask in public Got places. It. Okay. I have yet to wear it other than times when I have to do it for customers in order to earn a living. Yeah. But, um, you know, I went up to Micro Center where you buy computers and stuff. Believe it yeah. or not, they did not ask me to wear it. Mm-hmm. Someone asked me if I wanted one as I walked in, and you I said, said no, no and walked by. And but uh, you should have said yes. You should have said yeah, thanks, and stuffed it in your pocket. Put it in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been good. But uh, there's maybe 75 people there. Mm-hmm. I was the only one without a mask. Oh, the yeah. only one. Now I go into the grocery store around where I live, maybe about. 10 to 20% of the people do not wear masks. Right. Um, you see different crowds where you go to different places. Sam went up to St. Martin's, uh, the, the Nova Sordo church close mm-hmm. to us. Uh, he said he was the only one not wearing a mask. Wow. Would they do this it? This is a Catholic time? church. 
I, I don't even know what they do at communion. Here's the thing. Sunday morning, I got up early and I'm go down to old St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a Tridentine parish, but they have a Tridentine mass. Oh, is that the one and, you went to? Do they still yeah. have a Latin Novus Ordo as well? You know what? I don't know if they have that now or not. I think they do because they specify this is the traditional Latin mass in the in the newsletter. And I mm-hmm. think there's also like a, oh, okay. a German a one. That's, They've that's got a bunch of different parish. ones. They parish. They, ha- they used yeah. to have mass in German. I, I think they still do. Yeah. Okay, by the um, way, I'm going to I'm going to give a shout out to a, a whole um Old St. Mary's Church. It's it's a it's a beautiful uh kind of an older style church um and it's the um they have a wonderful organ and and, and the church itself has wonderful acoustics. Um to yeah, the extent do. that that yeah, choirs that that are really into, you know, the 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 more sacred styles of music, they it's kind of like a coveted place to be able to sing. Um, I was married there, um, and I was married in a a Norvisodo, Nov, Nor, Novus Ordo Mass, Norvis. but the Mass was in Latin starting at the canon. The way we did it in order to, to make people feel a little bit more comfortable was the first part of the Mass, the readings and stuff, up to and including the marriage rite, which Father Byers insisted on. He said, I'm not going to give you any excuses. Oh, yeah, because you didn't know what you were saying. <laughs> so that was all English. And then as soon as we went into the canon, the uh, the Eucharistic prayer, we switched into the Latin. It was Novus Ordo, but we just did Latin the rest yeah. of the way. It was kind of funny because our Uncle Joe... Uh, always went to the Latin English mass with his wife, who I think at the time wasn't even Catholic yet. And, yeah. uh, it was kind of funny. She approached me after the wedding and she said, well, you know, once you got into the Latin part, I felt a lot more, felt a lot more comfortable because I knew what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got, I, I see him at, at Sunday morning mass down there at the Tridentine mass every mm-hmm. Sunday. That now. doesn't surprise me. Which, this is part of the story, though. He's a he's he's a funny guy, and uh, I went down there. I didn't have a mask when I went down. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring one with me, and I'm walking and I'm thinking, what if they tell me I have to wear a mask? I have yeah, refused everywhere. Yeah. If I go to a company to buy something and they say you have to wear a mask, I'll say, okay, I'll buy it somewhere else, and I'll walk out. If yeah. they were going to do it at Micro Center, I would have said, fine, I'll order it from Amazon. I am right. not going to wear this mask to spend money. But here I am going to church. Mm-hmm. And if the priest says you got to yeah. wear a mask, I don't know. Anyway, I see Uncle Joe out there, and I said, I didn't bring a mask. He said, <laughs> I ain't wearing no mask. And <laughs> All right. you knew he wasn't going to wear it. But um, he says, I love this. I figure if... Uh, if they don't want my religion in the state, then they should keep the state out of my religion. Ah, good point. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to Uncle Joe there. That's right. Um, anyway, dude, not a single person had a mask. Wow, awesome. Not you know what? one. That's been, why I it yeah. reaffirmed in my mind this is not just about masks. This is something else. It's yeah, and something the traditional than that. Catholic does not wear it. Right. We've been going to Holy Rosary. Um, it's kind of funny ever since COVID, and then as they were kind of coming back online, 
um, we had been going to this local parish that's that's a few miles away in Danville, uh, Our Lady Queen of Peace. And the priest there is, he's a good guy, but as things were coming back online, he's saying things like, I mean, it's clear that he's very scared of the virus and he's got all these precautions and um, he's talking about the need to wear masks and, and bring hand sanitizer, but he's referring to them as requirements, both by the government and by the archdiocese, which they were not when he was saying they were. And this really bothered Terry. And that's my wife, by the way, everybody. And of course, at the same time, I've kind of been, you know, thinking lately, I'd like to get back to going to Holy Rosary anyway. So we've been going there generally Sunday mornings, the 930 mass, it's outside yeah. so that they don't have to limit the number of people, weather permitting. Uh, but nobody wears a mask, uh, except there's one priest who comes in and visits once in a while to help out with communion. He wears a mask, you know, I, whatever. But, uh, you know, it's, Hold it's on a second, Danny. Anyway. Okay. Um, so yeah, Holy Rosary, same kind of, and this is a parish that, that has a regular, um, traditional Latin mass as well. So yeah, I, it's, there's something there. There's, there's a correlation. I would encourage everyone to publicly announce your, uh, your alliance with the nonconformists. Yeah. In know? this case, it's, that's, that's where, we need to be this, this like and, this conformity is, is uh, there's something it, diabolical about it. If nothing else, so that we can see each other and say, I'm not the only one who's not going to conform. Mm-hmm. We yeah. can see other people and say, there's other people like me who think this is just stupid. It would be different I, if there was a, a shred of medical, uh, you know, research supporting right. the use of masks. Yeah. It would be a little bit different, but it's, it's not that way. And we, there's just, there's no, the masks themselves, the laws themselves don't even make sense. They, a lot of them just say face covering, not even a mask. And it's not a specific kind. It's like, okay, well. It could be, it could be a net. I know. That's, I was thinking I had to make a fishnet mask. It's like, I think, okay, I, I'll, put I think my mask I'll do on. that. The next time somebody says you need a mask, I'll say, all right, and I'll put, put a, fish a fish net, net on. mask on. Or if not a fish net, at least like a mosquito net mask. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would probably be okay, though. That's the, I, that's, the, that's the weirdness of it. It's like you don't even believe what you're, what you're going on about. Um, I'm working yeah. on getting a stencil made with the word um, – Placebo. placebo on it, and so I'm make I'm gonna make placebo masks. Okay, I want a bunch of those. Uh, the, Jason's the, uh, <laughs> getting one made for me. I, <laughs> you got like silk screen a bunch of placebo masks. You, you can do yeah, a, I was gonna do, do a, silk screen, but it's is it the way the masks to, are? Uh huh. Well, because on a on a t-shirt you've got a good flat surface to use the silk screen with it but with a mask uh you don't have that flat surface oh okay so i don't know i don't know enough about clothing and making these kinds of things to, to figure yeah. out how to do it so i'm just going to take a stencil and spray the word placebo on there and mm-hmm. hopefully i'll be able to make a bunch and maybe i'll put them for sale on the website <laughs> okay make a few that just say this is stupid <laughs> I like that one too. Yeah, I'll dumb. even order one. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
Um, anyway, I something like that would maybe kind of begin to create a show of solidarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And from I, people who who aren't going to just bend over. Yeah. Sorry to be crude. Other than that, you know, praying and fasting is is probably the yeah, the most the, we can do to fight. That's this That's the single this biggest thing that I think lay people, you know, the 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 normal everyday lay person can do. It's it, you know, okay, if if there's a if there's people threatening a statue down at your local church, it, you know, you could run down there and be part of the crowd that's praying the rosary. And by the way, did you notice the news that there have been a few incidents of people? All they do is show up and start praying the rosary. And these BLN mobs end up yeah. going away. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and I really think that's, I think part of the purpose of it, of, of, you know, God kind of putting that out there and working that way is to say, people, this is your, you know, this is your first response. Pray the rosary. And then if you're called to something more, I'll let you know. Anyway, but, but prayer and fasting, uh, and, and sadly, it's one of those things we just don't do well. I admit it. I'm terrible at it. I struggle to say my daily prayers, and they're not a lot of prayers. I, no, I get in I a know. few rosaries a week, not nearly enough. But I've been uh, I, I've 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 been pretty consistent about my doing the morning uh, office. Yeah, but the rosary, it's like since I've stopped going into work, it's like that was the drive was my rosary, right? And now it's like, oh, hmm, I guess I'm you know, being neglectful or whatever, but I got to, you know, it's like, okay, now I actually have to make it real and make time for it, not just use an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be an opportune prayer. You have to, you have to make the opportunity. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say on this subject. Um, nope, I guess I don't either. I think we've talked it through. It's like, you know, I, it, you know, just, you know, fellow Catholics who, who are trying to be faithful. We know that you're not getting the support encouragement you need from your church leaders and your bishops and usually probably not even your priests. Uh, you're probably feeling it's, uh, you know, you're probably feeling a lot like you, you know, the movie Die Hard. You've seen it, right? Yeah. And yeah, you kind of. The, you know, and, and there's one point where John McClane and, and, uh, is, I forget, you know, what happened immediately before, but he's up there. He's like taking on the terrorists all by himself. And the, um, the, uh, LA, it's LA, right? Chief, chief of police or whatever that's, that's, uh, down on the ground is like, yeah. Um, like chewing him out for, for, Breaking a bunch of windows because he threw that C5 down the elevator shaft. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, and the, the one cop that he's actually talking to, the cop who's, who's kind of got his head on straight says, how you doing? He says, I'm feeling pretty unappreciated here. That's got to be what so many of the faithful lay people were feeling like with regards to their priests and bishops. Yeah, especially you know if you do go out and do something courageous and you've and got bishop, no one in you, backing The bishop you. spanks you for it. Yeah. yeah. And it not Sad. only doesn't support you, but slaps your wrist for it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like that. But you know what? He's a cop, so he did what cops do and he did his job. And that's what we've got to be. We've got to be faithful and we've got to do what we do. And we've got to get gotta out there Catholic. and do, do our calling. Yeah, Catholic faithful. All right. 
Well, let's get into current events. There's like yeah. five of them. There's hardly anything here. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll let you do there's it. these, this, uh, this church burning, and then the, the, mm-hmm. the, the guy who attacked the church and drove in and started on fire. Um, we don't know why that church in California burnt down yet. Oh. Uh, I don't think they've called this arson yet, but okay. I, I'm just going to assume it was because that church was, that mission was started by, by the, uh, Junipero Serra. Junipero Serra. Yeah. So that's right. I, I'm going to assume that it is. Um, other than that, and some of this stuff going on between Vigano and Trump and Taylor Marshall, uh, we've got uh, a 1985 Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, the Super Mario Brothers game, uh-huh. still sealed in its box, sold for $114,000. Wow. So a sealed uh, Super Mario Brothers game sells for pretty much. What's this going to tell you? Because, you know, this is not a game that they're going to open up and plug it and play. Right, I don't get that. I don't understand that part of it. That you know, it's you know, a lot of these electronic systems. It it's not like they work if you don't use them for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not like put pulling out a a little Star Wars figure that you can play with or anything. It's this is it gets to a point they, where it's they, never they, going to work. They paid that much money just to you know a thousand gross just to have it. Just to have. It's not even a painting that you can put on a wall and appreciate. It's you. All you can say is I, I have it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's weird. that's you know I you know when you there there's a world that you know where people have enough money that that um that that's not a concern. They could do that. Yeah. I it's, mean it's, uh, you know I cannot imagine having that much money. Yeah, I can't imagine having enough money to pay five hundred dollars for that game. Yeah, no, I know, right? Because it's, even if I were a millionaire, I don't think I would pay five hundred dollars for it. But by the way, just just you know that brings uh, to mind. Um, have you ever played the game Portal? Portal? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. For a while, they made these these Portal Sentry toys. And they were motion activated, so you walked in front of it, and it would open up, and then say something, have one of the lines that the portal sentries in the game had, and then start shooting you. Charlie bought huh. one, or got, I forget if he bought it or got it for Christmas or something, but he wanted one. He got it. I think he bought it with his own money. It was like twenty bucks or something back when he bought it. Yeah. The kids checked on like eBay or something and found that they're selling for like two hundred fifty bucks. Wow. Yeah. Cool. I know. It's, yeah, he's obviously he's not going to sell it. He's he's hanging on to it now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, or if there's some kind of way to preserve the electronics to keep them from going bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, given that it's you know the 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 modern ones with with uh, ICs and and that kind of stuff are are more likely to preserve. Um, yeah. But you know that's yeah that it's pretty neat. Oh well. <laughs> So the Washington Redskins have folded. They're going to drop the name Redskins. I don't know what they're going to call themselves. I don't know. Call you know what? They I never call cared too much. The wimps. Anyway, yeah. I but, mean, I'm I'm not into football that much, but uh, yeah, they should call themselves the wimps, uh, since that is the opposite of the um, of the image that was intended by taking the name Redskins. Right. You you take an Indian name, you're talking about tough guys. Yeah. Like. 
like Apache, you know, right. Apache helicopters. Right, uh, exactly. We, we name our they're, heli- they're our battle helicopters after Indians. So, yeah, go ahead and, and change your name from, from Redskins to Yellowbacks. Yeah, there you go, the Yellowbacks. Yeah. <laughs> the Washington Yellowbacks. <laughs> uh, so... Let's see, Jeff Sessions was running for, uh, what was it? I don't even know what he was running for. Senate, I guess. Um, and, uh, he was beaten in the primary. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I don't even know why he thought he could get elected at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I it mean, was for he, Senate. He was, his, 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 what he did as the Attorney General was so awful. And recusing him, recusing himself from the from the Russia mm-hmm. investigation was. Uh, I, why would we want someone like that in the Senate? Someone who's right. obviously not going to fight yeah. or anything. So yeah. that's uh, it's like okay. Yeah, well. So he's not even going to get his chance. He was primaried out. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, Kanye West. Oh has yeah, filed his paperwork to run as president. For, uh, his presidential <laughs> campaign. <laughs> you know, he's was he he's, just running uh, as an independent, or I guess I guess he is. Yeah, he's 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 an independent. Ca- Obviously, the Democrats aren't going to take him. He's he's denouncing Planned Parenthood. Um, I thought he was kind of into Trump. He, I think he kind of is, and I think he's he's like. I think he might might be bothered by a couple of things. I mean, we were bothered by a couple of things about Trump and how he handled the COVID thing. I don't know if these are the same things motivating Kanye West. Um, but, you know, may, maybe he's thinking, okay, I'm going to run as a black man. Maybe his whole strategy is to draw the black vote away from the Democrats and let Trump win. I don't know. I think I, I kind of thought maybe that was his... Uh... That was his his strategy, but I I don't I don't think so anymore. I I think this is something else. I don't know what. I wonder if this is just a stunt. Could be. I you know who knows. It's it's. Um, I guess we'll wait and find out how he, serious. Yeah, he is. he's he's you know he's. I he, I don't think he stands a chance. But no, I don't well. take him seriously as a candidate. But it it's kind of uh it's kind of an oddball thing. It's like okay. If, if you're really for the same kinds of things that I would, that it looks like you're saying, why aren't you putting all your support behind Trump who has a chance of winning? You know, what, I guess the differentiator is what I haven't gotten yet other than the fact that he's black. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, he's, uh, that's actually all the news I could find. There's just not really much going on out there. Okay. Well, I agree with you, but we have a little bit of nonsense. Uh, okay. One of them is actually really cool. Um, in fact, I'm going to send you the link so that you can put it on. Um, oh shoot, I don't have email on this computer. My email's on well, my other computer. I can do it later. Anyway, I send it because this is really cool. Get uh, Guinness, uh, Guinness World Records as a Master Jenga stacker. The guy managed to stack a pile of 484 jenga blocks on top of just one piece the whole thing is built like this inverted pyramid like with the point down at the bottom and it's kind of cool oh yeah 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 it's um it's got a neat picture uh are they whoop. are they are you hearing that normal size jenga blocks yeah 
Yeah, and it's oh. it, and it looks like he's it looks like he builds it up, and then it's got I don't know maybe his son or something having fun knocking it over. I mean, I, I'll have to. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is cool. So uh, I'm gonna send you the link, and uh, I'm gonna get to the point where it shows his son. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. His kids are coming to play with it. He's 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 letting them come play with. It. The kids are all excited. <laughs> they don't want to touch it because they know it's a cool thing. But the boy's gonna give it a hug, yeah. and there it goes. <laughs> okay definitely i'll send you this would, put a link on it's really cool <laughs> i can never uh get anywhere i mean i'm always the first one to knock jenga over because I, <laughs> I i got shaky hands i, I just yeah i'm uncoordinated i'm about the clumsiest person alive uh so jenga is not my thing mm-hmm. i stand in awe of anyone who could get four jenga blocks on top of each other <laughs> well this guy did 485 so there's a That's lot of awe amazing. you're gonna have to drum up yeah. for him yeah <laughs> definitely okay uh next we <laughs> there's a guy called the uh naked cowboy um he's a guitarist oh yeah you know him is he the naked singing cowboy? Yeah, naked, na- guitar slinging yeah. naked cowboy. I, 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 Times Square. I, he was in Cincinnati. Oh, was he I, really? He actually started out in Cincinnati, I think. Oh, you got you're kidding me. Hold on, the, I uh, know Robert, he was in Cincinnati at some point. Robert Burke, spelled B-U-R-C-K. I'm I'm gonna do a quick Google. Yeah, born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Attended Our Lady of the Rosary. Oh. <laughs> I knew that he had an attachment to Cincinnati. I knew that uh-huh. because I would always hear about him on... You remember Gary Burbank? Yep. He had talked about him a couple times. Oh. Gary Burbank was an old radio personality. Yeah. Probably the funniest you know what? radio so, guy pe- I've ever people, heard. People out there, you guys, people may know Gary Burbank beyond Cincinnati because 700 WLW was, is like still, the, I think, the strongest AM station broadcasting yeah, uh, they managed to get under. under if, if I remember correctly, they managed to get under some grandfather rules about the strength, the, the allowable strength of AM broadcasting, and people yeah. several states away were able to pick it up. And yeah, I'll, when I travel a lot of times, so, I'll pick it up for a pretty long time before I lose it. Right. So anyway, some of you out there, you may yeah, know Gary Burbank. Him? Well, he uh, he went <laughs> he went to. Uh, um, let's see, Times Square, uh, up to a bunch, oh, he went to the City Hall Park where a bunch of demonstrators were there, protesters, probably yeah. rioters, uh, trying to dig in unless they, the bu- next budget included a billion dollars, uh, funding cut to the New York police. Um, so he went up there to just harass them. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, they were all shouting profanities at him and everything. Yeah. Somebody recognized him as as somebody who who supported Trump, and so <laughs> I mean, they're just—I uh, mean, they're calling him MF and all that kind of stuff. Get out of here! Some black guy that's so with him—they're they calling him Uncle Tom. Oh, now you know he eventually went away, but you know when they're trying to harass him, he's just using his guitar to kind of go along with him. You know. <laughs> He's, he's giving yeah, him a he's hard just time. He's singing while they're shouting at him. Yeah, and stuff. I mean, he's, yeah. Apparently, he's giving him a hard time by not reacting, I guess, to their insults. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just kept doing his naked cowboy. Just thing. doing his naked cowboy thing. <laughs> he was in a. Uh, let's see. 
he was going to run for president in 2012 as a candidate for the Tea Party. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. He, yeah. Uh, so I guess he's real conservative. Yeah. Which is kind of odd for okay. a naked, <laughs> naked cowboy. Uh, yeah. Cowboy. Well, but he, he has this quote at the end. He says, it'll be a free country until they get a hold of it. He's talking about the rioters. He said, they're throwing yeah. me out when I'm doing the exact same thing they are. <laughs> so <laughs> that's pretty good yeah all right and then uh last on the uh nonsense news we have a 28 year old british woman um saving a couple people from drowning uh off of a naturalist breeze beach in cornwall she was topless uh while she was saving uh i guess a, a couple of sisters and um uh, what was it like a nephew or something like that get caught got caught in a riptide out by some rocks and she managed to get to him and pull him back in um huh. to the shore what a you know about this woman almost naked she was no. topless oh she was topless but it was a it was a new well, beach a naturalist beach i don't know if i, it, I don't know if they saved by a topless woman <laughs> i don't know if if it says two sisters and a cousin uh, off of a na- from drowning water off a naturalist beach. So I guess all of them must have been I don't know naked or topless or something. She saved all one, of them. One of those kinds She's of beaches. Like Superwoman. But <laughs> anyway, uh, the weird things that happen when you have nude beaches. I guess I don't know. Yeah. By the way, did you well, ever I mean, see? It... Uh... <clears throat> go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, did you ever see that monk episode about the nude nudist beach? <laughs> Oh yeah. Hey, you know who that guy is, don't you? Uh no. Who is that? The nude guy, the the, the main guy. The guy that yeah. monk is yeah. That's Rex Quando. Oh, is it really? Rex Quando You know, that's like there's this uh did I ever tell you about this? There's this this uh shower spray that Terry gets that after you yeah. take a shower he's supposed to spray it to keep the, the hard water from building up on the uh, walls and and uh, door and stuff like that. And okay. on the bottle, it says, just spray and walk away. And <laughs> I have, it turned, I have away. it turned away from me because every time I see it, I have to say it in my head twice. <laughs> just break the wrist, walk away. Break the wrist, walk away. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> We should do an episode on Napoleon Dynamite. That's right. <laughs> do a podcast on Napoleon Dynamite. Movie Wouldn't it be review. cool if we could get him to be a guest? Oh, that would be neat. We've never had a single guest, but the only guest we'll ever have would be, would be Napoleon, uh, Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> he or was in Pedro. another movie. Um, yeah, he with, was in uh, a couple, but they, they just they, they weren't as good. No, no. He was in a movie with They were Will just kind of riding the tiger, kinda, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't care for it. So, nope. Uh, he's just—he's Napoleon Dynamite. That's, that's all he'll ever be. So, <laughs> unfortunately, be for happy him. with that. <laughs> yeah, he's not getting rich off it. No, but, but you know what? He could—he could go around doing shows and and giving speeches and well, stuff. No, that's not—he's not the. Uh, he well, I, if he could get someone to pay him, but he's not—he doesn't hold any copyright. No, but, well, that's true. That's true. He probably he could not do the show as Napoleon, as Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. That's right, because yeah. he doesn't have that. That that would be uh, the film uh, filmmaker. That's true. That's true. Oh well, unfortunately. All right. Well, is that all we got? That is all I've got. That's all the nonsense I've got for tonight. 
All right, guys. Well, think about what we said and keep... Uh, As always, circle the beads. beads. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.